Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Julia Kraft. Julia is the founder of the public speaking training company, Speak to Inspire. Founded in 2014, Speak to Inspire has trained thousands of entrepreneurs and professionals, as well as hundreds of companies like LinkedIn, Salesforce, Zscaler, Twitter, etc. She's passionate about helping smart, professional women who are experts at what they do, but tend to freeze up, shrink down, and get self-conscious when the spotlight turns to them. She helps them to cultivate comfort in their skin, come across as the authority they are, and turn high quality information into inspiring presentations. I am so excited that you're with us today, Julia. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Angel. It's great to be here. Well, Julia, I want to start our time together by asking you, were you the little girl who would like set up her animals and have a stage and put on the microphone and, you know, make presentations to them? Or did speaking come to you later along the line? Oh, my gosh. I love that question. I I can't say a complete exact yes. But what I remember doing is I remember grabbing my grandfather and sitting him down in an armchair in the living room, pressing play on the Little Mermaid soundtrack. And, you know, I had some sort of outfit on. I I said, you have to watch until the very end. And I sang the whole thing. <laughs> that was like when I was five or something. So in a way, I loved theater from very early age, but coming to be a speaker as an adult woman, speaking as myself with real world stakes, that is a completely different game. And I'm thankful for the like expressive, creative little girl that got me here, but also there's been a lot of learning along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that learning along the way. When do you feel like you really started to speak as a woman in the world where there were stakes? Was it in school, yeah. in high school, in college, at work? Like when did that awakening come to you that, oh, I've got to speak and there's stuff on the line here? Right. I think that started when I first started my career, which my first real career path was being a yoga teacher. And I it was, it's an entrepreneurial adventure to be a yoga teacher, right? So I had to market myself and then I had to, of course, give the classes and I had to create relationships with the managers of the places that I worked at, et cetera. And I started to realize that it was me as an individual, as a personality that was the brand of my classes. And that if I wanted to grow my career, I had to be more visible. I had to really be more inspiring. I couldn't just get by by teaching, you know, what to do, all the little poses. 
And this is what I started to incorporate this more stories, more lessons into my classes and create more of a following. Again, it's an entrepreneurial journey of building a yoga teaching business. Now, I very quickly, within a few years, realized that I wanted to do more than that and also have more financial like <laughs> place to go. So I, I started to explore this more entrepreneurial journey of how do I build a business? And that's when I started speaking to build my coaching business. That's where the stakes really set in because then I was speaking to audiences of say like a hundred ideal clients with my month's rent on the line as I started my business. And that's when I started to experience a lot more performance anxiety than I ever had in my entire life. So when you first started your coaching business, was the coaching business specific to speaking or did that kind of evolve over time as well? Because for many you know, myself included, right? Many of our listeners are probably either considering entrepreneurship or they're in the entrepreneurial game. And for many of them, it's like an evolving journey where you do yeah. one thing and then you kind of course correct and do another thing. So when you first started moving out of yoga and into self-employment as a coach, what were you, what were you doing then? Was it to do with speaking or something else? Yeah, it, it definitely was an evolution, just like you're saying. It started with an opportunity at a yoga studio that I worked at, a really large yoga studio, and they invited me to basically audit their yoga teachers and give them feedback. And so I started to give them feedback and I, I was like doing these assessment forms and then training them on things. And I realized that they're good at yoga and all that, but what they really needed to work on was their confidence. What they really needed to work on was the projection of their voice on some of the things that I had already mentioned about what I had learned in my career as a yoga teacher, like inspiring students. And so I started to train these teachers on what I knew from theater school and from my experience being a yoga teacher. And I started my own business, helping yoga teachers to improve their speaking and as I learned more about marketing and, and sales and everything in, in the world of entrepreneurship, I realized that yoga teachers is not a very lucrative niche for this. They want to learn about Sanskrit and all that stuff. And so I started shifting more to other entrepreneurs as well as professionals. And, and these days, those are my women. I get them. You know, I, I get the journey of needing to find a way to be yourself in a high stakes environment, like we've been talking about, but also like be able to have that professional persona, you could say that leadership presence when you mm. speak. Mm. Yeah. So I want to now ask you about that specifically, that the call, right? The call to leading, mm. right? Because, you know, obviously for you, there was this trajectory where you had to speak and you somewhere internally made the decision that you wanted to go further and you wanted to go deeper in your own self-development and, and beyond just showing up as the yoga teacher. And for me, that sounds like a call, like you really got the call. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit, if that resonates with you, about the experience of getting the call to step even further into leadership and step more powerfully into utilizing your voice in the ways that you do. I love this question because I think, first of all, it's at the root of every entrepreneurial journey or most entrepreneurial journeys. It's a personal call to something. 
you know, I went into the world of theater, even very young, like going to theater camps when I was 14, (laughs) because I was looking for something. I was looking for a place to be more fully expressed. I was looking for a place where it was okay to be emotional. I was looking for a place that I could be seen and heard as myself. And I looked for that all through my theater school days. And yet I was playing characters, you know? And so I feel like I never quite got it there. And then I was looking for it in the realm of yoga and transformation and mindfulness. Like, how can I find myself and be seen as myself? And so I continued to look for that. And I was passionate not only about finding that for myself, because I started to find it, especially as a yoga teacher, but also to help other women. I saw so many women putting on masks really tight. I started to notice really a lot of details about people's bodies and how they use their voice because of my training. And I, I knew that I had tools to help them. It just felt so natural. And I also really wanted to have a flexible lifestyle for myself. So that's more on the personal side as it it was very important. I have some health issues as well. And I wanted to be able to have a flexible lifestyle. I wanted to feel good in my body while I was doing my work instead of just doing a job, you know, and clocking the hours. So, and I wanted to make a good income. So Mm -hmm. I, I also found that speaking is one of the best ways to make money. It's all about visibility. When If you want to increase your salary or if you want to increase your coaching sales, whatever it is, it always comes down to visibility. And that was my journey as well. Mm, beautiful. I love it. Well, so we've got about time for one more question before we go to the break. One of the things I'd like to ask you about is... As you answered this call, as you continue to evolve over time, one of the challenges as well as the most important things that we can do is to value our vision, right? You are valuing your voice, but we also have to value our vision. So if you could share, like, were there any challenges that you ran up against? You you already mentioned, you know, the yoga teacher niche were more interested in learning Sanskrit than necessarily in being able to project their voice better. So when you came across those moments, what what did you do for yourself to continue to value your vision and continue to keep the momentum going in your own business and in your own life? What first comes to mind is that I got mentors. All along the way, I had mentors. And also I was seeking out being in those kind of communities with people that were doing what I wanted to do or were a few steps ahead of me. So for example, when I was transitioning out of the yoga teaching thing, I found a teacher that was a coach who was offering a teacher training program, you could call it, or a coach training program for people that wanted to become holistic public speaking coaches, which was the perfect transition for me, you know, from the whole mind body world of yoga. And so I got certified in that. And then that led me to meeting a whole group of entrepreneurial women And then I did that program of learning sales and marketing. And and then it it just has led to over and over again, finding the right people. Mm -hmm. Most recently, I did a course on building my business more online, having an evergreen sales funnel online. So I feel like there's a lot of work that you have to get interested and curious about the mechanisms of business Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur. So that's a little separate from like my actual work and what I'm passionate about with my work. Mm -hmm. But in order to 
get my work out there, I had to get really good at sales and marketing. Mm. And also sales and marketing is, I think, a personal growth journey as much as anything else. You know, dealing with rejection, being mm. really honest about how did I communicate? Mm. It's a communication skill. I think in some ways, all communications is a form of sales or enrollment. Yeah. So I think sales and marketing has been the biggest journey around answering this call. And honing, honing yeah. your honing your skills and honing your commitment to your vision as yeah. well. All right, and, Julia. Uh, there there were ahead. definitely moments that I would just collapse, you know, that I was exhausted or just burnt in terms of like, the rejection hit me personally. That's happened many, many times. My mm. husband will tell you. Or I was like, I can't, I can't do anything else this week. That's it. Mm. But then the energy comes back. So I think you have to trust that it, that it will come back. Yeah. I love that. We're going to talk a little bit more about that after the break, that when we hit the wall and how to come back from, from that and be kind to ourselves. But right now we are going to take a break. Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also love to ask you to share with all of your lady friends, not only the show, which we'd love to have you invite them to download, rate, and review, but also our latest book, Wickedly Smart Women, Trusting Intuition, Taking Action, and Transforming Worlds, which was launched in early January of 2023. The book went to number one international bestseller and number one hot new release in six different categories. We had actually a total of 34 distinctions from putting this book out. So we're really excited about that. And it's a place where you can get more stories from incredibly wickedly smart women to inspire you on your journey. So please do go to the website, wickedlysmartwomen.com and click the book cover, and that will take you directly to the Amazon page where you can buy the book. I do want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our listeners around the world in 106 countries who are downloading. And we want to shout out this week to our listeners in Iceland, Ukraine, and in Mongolia. And we'll be right back with Julia Kraft. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Julia Kraft. 
Before we went to the break, we were talking about her entrepreneurial journey and how she's been using her voice and growing herself and her clients. Let's talk about her clients next. But before we do that, let me share with you that you can find out more about Julia at speaktoinspire.com, speaktoinspire.com. And there she has a link to her show. She's got a podcast as well as a masterclass that you can register for, which is her four-step framework to overcome public speaking fear without scripts or excessive rehearsals, which I can't wait to go get that myself. (laughs) Although I don't feel I've never actually been a script person myself, and I've never been excessively rehearsing, except when I was pitching to be on podcasts and I had one minute and 30 seconds back in the day when I was pitching myself to be on podcasts. And I was like, I'm never going to get it all out in one minute and 30 seconds. I did have to excessively rehearse to make that happen. (laughs) All right. So Julia, before we went to the break, we were talking all about, you know, your path. You're this beautiful entrepreneurial path, the calling. Now, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take us to founding Speak to Inspire and talk a little bit about these amazing people that you have trained thousands of professionals and entrepreneurs, as well as hundreds of companies. So one thing that I find interesting about you, Julia, is that you've not only worked with individual entrepreneurs, you've Mm -hmm. also worked with companies. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about the evolution of your journey that got you to, you know, be working with people at LinkedIn and Salesforce and Twitter. Sure. Well, I live in San Francisco, so there's a lot of tech companies here. (laughs) And as you can imagine, public speaking training is something that has a big ROI in terms of business development, professional development for companies. So the world of one-on-one coaching or you're supporting individuals is one thing. And often the companies are paying for their trainings. That's very common. But then companies have brought me in to do group trainings for their teams as well. It's it's a really common and fun thing. Like for example, I've come in and done a, a kickoff for a, a retreat that they're doing for their team or done a day-long workshop on business storytelling or on delivery confidence, you know, so all kinds of things. And, and so you're right. My career has gone in both of these directions. And I'm thankful to have seen the inside and the outside of it. We can often go a lot deeper into the more personal aspects in in the individual work, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's when I hear about women's stories, about their journey, not only in the work they're doing right now, but also like as a kid, I... (laughs) This happened to me and I still think about it every time I have to speak. Mm -hmm. I call that public speaking PTSD. (laughs) Yeah. So the personal journeys has become what's personally interesting to me about my work. And I've definitely in the last few years, especially because of COVID, like focus more and more on that. Oh, beautiful. All right. So I'd love to have you just share like a client story that like is really near and dear to your heart. Somebody that either, you know, could be a company or it could be an individual, whichever one you feel most excited to share right now that really helps our listeners to hear like, where did the person start with you and where did they end up on the other side of working with you? Yeah. Thank you. Well, let me tell you the story of May. May came to me and she had been, this is where I get the scripts and excessive rehearsing thing. Cause a lot of the women that come to me, their preparation strategy is 
I'm going to write out every word that I'm going to say, whether it's on a piece of paper or on the notes in the PowerPoint. And May is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. She is an excellent writer. I tend to work with more introverted women and May is a great example of that. As an introvert, she got her energy from being alone, mm-hmm. being with maybe her close friends and her partner. You know, that's where she got energy. That's what gave her fuel. But then when she was interacting with new people, like maybe at a networking event, a party, or doing these speaking opportunities that she had to do at work, it was exhausting. And she was really struggling. She'd get there into those moments and be shaky and blanking out and stumbling over her words. And afterwards, she'd feel like, wait, what just happened? (laughs) It's sort of like a disassociation that you're just getting through that opportunity. And all of these things are very common with the women I work with. It was holding her back and her career. You know, she was stuck in the same position she'd been in for years and wanted to progress in her career so much. So what we did is that we worked with her first to learn how to calm her nervous system. That's always the first step. You have to meet yourself where you are. So she learned nervous system regulation practices that calmed everything down. And then she started to explore her conditioning. Like I said, from childhood, like Mm -hmm. what is the public speaking PTSD that I'm carrying around and what does it mean to be authentic? Like, am I, what does that even mean? That's also part of this releasing the past. And then I worked with her on being more fully expressed, which means to me that how, how could you be bigger through your body? How could you be bigger through your voice? How could you be bigger through just your personality and your emotions? like push your own boundaries and explore. And once she started to do that, then some public speaking best practices, like where do I look or how to remove filler words or what, what gestures are most effective and how do I improvise all those techniques? They can start to work for her. Mm -hmm. She wasn't as perfectionistic. Right. Mm -hmm. And she started to bring these things into her work meetings. You know, she would lead a meeting for her team or she would speak in front of the board at work and it just wasn't as big a deal anymore. Yes. She got a little butterfly, a little excited, maybe you could say, but it didn't hold her back. It didn't stop her. She wasn't up in her head. She didn't make it mean something about her. And she went on, I did hear from her later that she, she got a promotion within her business or with, within her company mm-hmm. and, you know, it is thriving and continuing to use her practices, which is, that's the ultimate goal is that this is just no longer a problem. It's no longer holding you back. It's almost an anti-goal, <laughs> but it's a really a huge accomplishment for these women. Well, and what I'm hearing there too, Julia, is that not only are they having the transformation, but they're walking away from the work with you equipped with tools and mm. techniques. Yeah. It's not just a one and done kind of thing. They get they get a little toolbox that they walk away from that they can dip into in the future when the stakes may be even higher, right? Very well said. It is all about having a toolbox in the moment when you're about to speak, that's not the moment to go meditate on the mountain, right? (laughs) That's the moment to have some quick fix toolbox of a box of tools to to pull from. Yeah, beautiful. I have one more kind of edgy, little bit edgy question, specifically for women. Mm -hmm. I think that I know that glossophobia, which is the fear of public speaking, is the biggest fear that everybody has, not just men, and and not just women, but men and women, most people fear public speaking more than they fear death, which is fascinating. 
I've spent years helping people to find their voice and so forth myself. So one of my questions for you is in circumstances where a female, specifically a female, has to be speaking to an authority figure, Mm -hmm. generally male, right? Mm -hmm. Generally male. Is there a technique or a tool that you have that you equip your women with because there was an experience I had several mm-hmm. years ago. I could talk. I can talk all day long. I help other people too in in finding their voice. And this man who was an authority figure asked me a question. I literally left my body. I was like, what the hell just happened there? So yeah. is there something that, you know, specific that you have that would help that piece as well? Such a great question because I hear about this all the time. It's usually the case. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of women in male-dominated industries, especially here in the Bay Area. So I hear this a lot. I would say there's two ways to go about this, or there's I would go about both of these things. First of all, the one of exploring your conditioning around authority, right? What's your story there? That needs to be unpacked and just debunked, you could say. But even more importantly, is learning how to shift from that mental reactivity into the body is what to do in the moment. You know, I'm not a therapist. Mm. I'm not even really a life coach, even though I end up being a bit of a life coach for my women. I will listen to the women's stories, but often the healing comes not from telling the story and analyzing and everything, but from doing the physical vocal practices that remind you what it feels like to be grounded, to be steady, to be centered, Mm -hmm. to have your own body underneath of you. So for example, if, if a woman was dealing with that, I would say, take a deep breath, breathe into your yoni, breathe into your belly. I'd say, feel your feet. I'd say, make a big sound that lets out whatever's holding you back, which is often a tension in the throat that comes up too. So releasing the throat, these kind of somatic exercises, I'm simplifying them now, but Mm -hmm. you get the idea, will move the energy of whatever is from the past, right? Move it Mm -hmm. through you so that there's an open channel. You can rewrite this history. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, you know, I think what's interesting and what I'm hearing there, if I can if I can yeah. summarize for you or for our listeners here, is if you have that, like I had this experience with this person and I was like, what the hell just happened there? And then I personally took the initiative to go look in and find out what the heck was that and do my own work. You know, mm-hmm. obviously we would encourage people to get in touch with you. If you've had that experience, get in touch with Julia She can help you, equip you with the toolbox so that you can unpack whatever it is that has shot you out of your body when confronted with a man or an authority figure so that the next time Mm -hmm. you are not going to leave yourself, you're not going to abandon yourself in that kind of a situation because you have the tools and you can take the deep breath and you can feel your feet under you and you can stay present in that kind of an environment. All right. Beautiful. Well, we are at the end. So thank you so much, Julia. It was a lovely conversation. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wikileaksmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. 
Thank you for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.